Welcome to the first episode of the Foreign Saints podcast. It's me, uh, Kari, and my wife. Meredith. Alright, and we're coming to you on a pod um, for one specific reason, Meredith. The gospel. The gospel. That's what we're about here, man. Um, And we're also about implications and outflows from the gospel. Um, But before we get into that, um, just a little bit about who we are and what we're about um i mean obviously we're married um (laughs) hey like legit bro um i'm kari uh, right now um i'm a north carolina emt um and a respiratory therapy student about to enter into uh my last uh, semester my second year uh just managed to get through this semester with straight a's bro um but medicine as they say, uh, to use your phrase from the other day, that's the tent making job. Yeah. Um, for all y'all that know your, know your acts, bro. That's <laughs> that's just the, that's how I pay the bills. But um, the passion really, is, really is the gospel, and just um, and just seeing Jesus get his due, and seeing Jesus and the things that flow from Jesus proclaimed properly, and it just doesn't it just doesn't happen much these days. Um, and then for Meredith? Yeah, so I've been a special education teacher for a couple years now, but we welcomed our son Amari this summer. And since then, I've been teaching online, or I guess last school year while it I was did pregnant. Happen. You see, you see, yeah. how, you see how, like, we, 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 we were planning how to do this. <laughs> this you know? flows. Like, how do you forget Amari, bro? <laughs> you did. I didn't. You didn't in our write, notes. Hey, bro, you did, look, look, you just, you just let me keep. Oh, it's okay. I see deflection. On the shoulder. Whatever. Come on, Whatever. man. Anywho, so I teach I'm online. Not a bad dad. Oh, I know that. I know that. And I mean, they, they will know that. The race just started, though. <laughs> so uh, while I was pregnant, I made the switch to online teaching, and I, the more I do it, the more I love it. Um, so that's what I've been continuing to do while staying home with with little man um i think too i i also like we both share that passion that's obviously why we're together to be able to kind of showcase how to um bring the gospel into your own context whether that's working in ems like you or in the classroom or as a waitress or whatever may have you in whatever um whatever field that god god puts you in that you are a missionary in that workplace and we would love to be able to use this podcast as a tool you mentioned, uh, <laughs> I just had a thought. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, you know, it's it's obvious that we have the same passion because that's who we're together. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm thinking of like quite a bit of like, uh, I don't know if it's, it probably should be <laughs> obvious, but it's, it's not necessarily how things, uh, how things tend to go. Mm. Um, as far as, as far as why the, why the podcast set up though, um, partly, uh, just so that Meredith could actually a bit more easily kind of like come alongside um because i already got i've already got a youtube channel by the same name of this podcast where i spend a majority of the time on there um just kind of exegeting through scripture uh working through the working through the book of luke right now um considering switching over to revelation i don't know i don't know we shall see we shall see um but one of the episodes in this podcast really early on is going to be on the mark of the beast so you know if 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 you like those kind of those kind of buzzword <laughs> topics in Christianity, uh, hot takes. 
stay tuned stay tuned all right like i know i know how to game the system bro all right you gotta you gotta start off with with the clickbaity stuff but give substance behind the clickbait and then people know you're legit Mm -hmm. you know so that's what we plan to do bro (laughs) titles will be clickbait we we plan to clickbait but there will be substance behind it so i don't know if it really it's not really a lie yeah we are gonna talk about it but it's gonna make it's gonna make some some people mad um and also because doing a doing a podcast is just i mean to do it well takes a lot of work but you can slot it in to a lot of different lifestyles and you know people people really respond to podcasts yeah. and i think part of that's just because of the fact that you're hearing from the person themselves mm-hmm. and for a lot of for a lot of people's favorite podcasts whatever your favorite podcast happen to be um, i would imagine a good at least a chunk of them is just people yeah just kind of given their experience and you know in, in whatever that would be and just the guarantee of it being authentic and real mm-hmm. and you know so i mean so that's that's what we're gonna try to be um authentic and real not gonna act like we got the answer to everything because <laughs> we don't because we don't <laughs> but i don't want to downplay the fact that we do happen to have quite a lot of answers okay like mm-hmm. you know like in our culture it's very popular to say well i don't have all the answers okay well what do you know because mm-hmm. if you don't have anything i don't understand why i'd be going why subscribe to, why you know yeah why subscribe at all you know um but yeah i mean that's that's what we're about um and as far as the gospel i suppose we should probably yeah. get into the gospel as, as you know as we follow it or yeah. i guess it, i should say as it objectively <laughs> is. is yeah um but I, but I know how we be, you know, mm-hmm. I know how people like us be. You see a podcast like this, it seems legit, seems too good to be true, and you waiting, all right, now, y'all sound cool, but give me, the, give me the gospel, bro. Let me, all right, so we're going to lay it out for you, yeah. all right, in a nutshell, what we believe. Yeah. So, um, it's funny, he was picking, picking on me before this about, like, what verses do you have on the gospel? And I was like, well, I mean, my life verse has kind of been the same for a hot minute, I think, since I actually read this for the first time in high school. Um and it's Titus 2, 11 through 14. Um, and I love it just because it just straight up is like what the gospel is and the implications, which is kind of our thesis for this show. So starting in verse 11, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our glory of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. And I will probably add along to that verse 15 too. Yeah. Declare <laughs> these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like reading again, like that's, that's pretty legit. So you want to take that, you know, kind of section by section. Yeah, we can volley back. no just like the the first verse there for the grace of god has appeared bringing salvation for all people like that i think it's just a good one sentence summary on what the gospel is that is the good news that god in his grace appeared to us and brought salvation for all people and meredith if i could if i could ask a question (laughs) for the good people how did his grace appear what was through through jesus through through what action was it just that his teaching cruci- that crucifixion so, so it wasn't just his good moral example <laughs> right. that we follow he wasn't just a good person he was god in the flesh and it's not just 
it's it's not just trying to match him that does it right like is it so jesus shows the grace do Mm. i get the grace by trying to be like him i mean you live like him but that's not why that's not that's not why fam something happened at the end of this man's life yeah he came back you know like who comes back by their own power man i'm just saying bro i'm just saying bro dude was strung up on a cross (laughs) turned to the bloodiest pulpiest pulp Mm -hmm. laid in the grave for three days why because he had to take the wrath of god Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For us, there's nothing but wrath waiting on us because we're, we're all sinners, man. And if you're honest with yourself, you are, right? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't spend a lot of time going back and forth with people trying to convince them that they're a sinner because I think everyone deep down knows it. So if you want to yeah. deny it, I mean, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, if you want to deny it, that's cool. It's extra on your conscience. Right? But it's like, like, people don't even live up to their own moral compass. Mm-hmm in anything you know what i'm saying like if i'm gonna talk medicine right because i was i was talking with some of the first year students um in the program like the other week like week two fourth semester was out and they're like super nervous because they're about to start their clinical rotations and stuff like that and one of the things i told them was like look you're gonna see or i told them a lot of things but one of the things i told them is pertinent to our discussion today is that you're gonna see people do things that are legitimately wrong you know not just well that's not in the textbook but i understand why you deviated here no 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 no. like you're gonna see people do stuff that's like that's actually harmful for the patient like you shouldn't do that you know you're gonna see people you know slack in their charting and you know when you see that happen i told them you know you don't got to get too uppity but one thing you do got to do is just say hey that's not the yeah. sort of respiratory therapist I want to be. That's not the sort of, you know, EMT or paramedic. If that's the route you want to go, that I want to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like, and it's like you're not gonna find like a code for medical ethics in the Bible to the degree that like we have them. You know, like that's a moral code that man has created. I'm not even saying it's bad, but what I am saying is that if we created the moral code you think at least we'd be able to follow it mm. like you know because some people be like well you know god's standards are too high you know no one could ever live up to that and it's like okay cool Let, let's take a step back from romans let me ask you what is your own moral code right whatever that is i promise you you don't live up to it yeah right and so it's like if god judges you based on your own moral code which he will for some people mm. you don't you wouldn't you need a savior even for your own level of morality right. dude like <laughs> Like, like, like let, let alone what yeah. real morality is, right? Like, if your moral code is, well, I just want to, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm only putting forth, forth positive vibes into the universe, right? I'm not even going to ask you what vibes mean. I know what, I know, <laughs> all right, all right. I know what positivity I know is, what positive road is. rage is not it. <laughs> all right, like, like, you ain't always positive, fam. Like, let's just, let's just keep it a buck, yeah. right? And so it's like, like, we all need grace, Right. And, and grace is a beautiful thing until you realize that grace, like a prerequisite for grace, is that you're a terrible person. Yeah. You're, you're very ungraceful, as they say. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you, yeah. Um, so bringing salvation for all people. And I think that that always that always sat with me because all people, you know, but not all people will be saved. Yeah. It is offered and given 
and was already paid for all people. However, you still have to receive it. Yeah, and, like it's it's, it's yeah. for all, man. Yeah. Like, I was talking with a lady at a gay pride in Charlotte a few years back, and one of the questions she asked me was like, why is Christianity so exclusive? And I'm mm -hmm. like, I mean, it just depends on what you mean. Like, yeah. it's exclusive in the fact that the grace afforded to all people only comes through Jesus. Yeah. But it's inclusive in the fact that, no, literally all. Yeah. Like, I mean all. Even Jeffrey Dahmer? Yeah, even Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> mm -hmm. For some people, that's a scandalous thing to say. And mm -hmm. I guess objectively it is scandalous, but mm -hmm. it's really not that difficult a biblical question. Yeah. Even the Jeffrey Dahmers could be say, Yeah, they could be. Right. question is, will they? Will they? But they could be. Right. It is offered. Could be. If they just repent. Yeah. You know? And that's and repentance is a big thing. Like it's not just inviting Jesus into your heart. Though yeah. repentance has that element to it. And I think that a lot of yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of times the the picture of, you know, well if God gives gifts to everybody, then why aren't we all saved? You know, I think that's just a either a grave misunderstanding or rejection of the mental picture of what it is. Because it's just straight up like if you on Christmas morning, you know, your mom gets you a present and you just kind of let it drop to the floor instead of taking it from her hand. You are not receiving the gift. You know, in the same way, God offers us the gift of free salvation. We have to actually receive and open and claim it, you know, as our own. Um, it's not just something that we can leave hanging and still expect it to call, call it ours, you know? Your mom very has every right in the world to be like, okay, well, I'm going to return it to the store if you don't me want me to... You know, if you don't right, want to receive right, it, right, right. you know, so, but yeah, that, that part always blew me away in this verse of it's all people. It's all people, man. Yeah. Even the people that you don't like, like yeah. even the people that you actively hate. Well, I don't hate anybody. I just have a passion and hatred. Okay. Yeah. Like I'm just putting out there. All right. Yeah. Don't, don't try and bounce around mm -hmm. what it is. Okay. Like, and even the people that you don't see as worthy of forgiveness. You know, I think a lot of times, you know, if you have had your own traumas in life or witnessed a loved one having, you know, going through traumas, we, we, you know, have a hard time wrapping that grace for other people as well. You know, well, I'm fine. I didn't do that to so-and-so. You know, he did that to me or he did that to, you know, my friend. Um, that grace is still offered to, you know, your abusers. Now, that doesn't justify abuse right sure that just is their you know like they have to stand before the throne <laughs> uh, on their judgment day on ju or come judgment day um and still own all of their sins in the same way you and i are and we you know or whoever claims to be a good person you know you all still have to stand before the throne regardless of what sins you committed or how quote-unquote benign they were yeah but don't get it twisted yeah this grace is affordable for all mm -hmm. people because that because that's what it is right if grace couldn't be given to all people then it's literally not grace anymore right like it's some form of a work maybe right. a quote-unquote easy work but a work all the same true grace it's by definition has no metrics yeah like it, it would have to be at least potentially inclusive to all people the only deciding metric at that point is just whether or not you want to be included right in the grace um, and this is where, this is where I got to say, look, Calvinist friends, we brothers, but all right, Romans eleven six, right? 
But if it is by grace, it is no longer on the basis of works. Otherwise, grace would no longer be grace. Right. All right. And that's just one verse amongst quite a few in the New Testament where Paul makes it clear that he defines grace and works as different things. Like if you say it's by grace, then it's not by works. Like it can't be right. Like, like grace and work, they don't, they don't mix together. Right. We're all grace here, which means that as we go through different episodes and stuff, we're going to say some stuff that's going to be, uh, you know, that's going to sound scandalous to your ears, but that's just because we're grace people here, fam. You get two choices. It's either 100% grace or it's 100% perfection according to God's moral code or your own. Yeah. You know? I'll even put in your own because no one is actually perfectly faithful to their own code. Right. So it's like, even though biblically it's God's, for the sake of a rhetorical discussion, I'll allow you to substitute your own because you don't even live up to your own. Right. So I was like, nah, I'll, I'll let you cheat the system, but you can't even win a rigged game. <laughs> like, like that, that's, right. that's how, that, that's how, you know, that's how rebellious we are. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. It's all grace. Yeah. I'm keeping it plugging along. That's just the first verse. It really is. <laughs> uh, picking up in verse 12, training us to renounce ungodliness and oh, worldly we don't, passions. We don't like that one. Don't I was like going to say, one. that goes with what you were saying earlier, you know? Like, being able to say, you know, to malpractice in a hospital or, you know, whatever um, goes against the ethical code of where you're working and being able to stand up and be like, no, that's that's wrong. Yeah. Um. Being yeah, able. you got to be trained in how right. to, and how to live according to protocols. Right, and worldly passions, which that one just <laughs> we don't touch that one either. Yeah, we, don't, we, don't, we don't touch a lot yeah. of things in verse twelve, bro. Just because of the fact that says training. Right. But wait a second. I thought you said it was by grace. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, you're in by grace. Right. Right. You and you've been changed by. into a new yeah. person, right? And so there, there is a training. Yeah. Right. It still not works. It's it's still grace, right? Like the ability to be trained in how to live the new life is a grace of God afforded to the children of God, yeah. right? Like, and if you don't see it that way, then we got to back up to the saved by grace part. Right? Were you, were you transformed? Because that's because that's a necessary part. It's not just you receive forgiveness. It's like you open the pat, like you open that present on Christmas morning to receive forgiveness, and out comes the spirit, bro. You know, yeah. transforms you, you know, yeah. frees your soul. Right. And at that point, you're, you are saved from the condemnation of living in the flesh, but you are still fighting it. Yeah. Because the flesh is still there. Right. It's just that your soul has been freed from slavery to it. Right. Right. And so now that's an enemy to fight. It's an enemy to resist. And some days you're going to do good. Some days and seasons, not so much. But you're saved by grace. You're not under it. Right. And so with that is you're learning how to, you're, you know, you're being trained, like to use the words in this verse, you're being trained to renounce ungodliness because that's written on our hearts is it's so easy to be ungodly. You mm -hmm. know, <laughs> like, you know, you don't, you don't have to be a scholar to see that a two-year-old didn't really need to learn how to throw a temper tantrum. Didn't learn. Didn't you know, need to. Didn't, didn't need, need to learn to. that. But a two-year-old does need training in, you know, being patient and understanding of situations in the same way that when we are, you know, walking through 
our walks with the Lord, whether early on or even continued, um, we're still being tr continuously trained. And I also like the word train because you should always be training. If you think of like an athlete, they never stop training. Otherwise, what happens? Yeah, but you look at you look at Steph Curry's freaking workout routine, bro. Yeah. It is insane. Right. Pick and anybody that's been amazing and for like like yeah, that's, that's not me. Right. You know. Right, but in the same way, like we're called to continue train continuously be training. Um, we're not called to you know go on a spiritual yeah. hiatus once we reach a certain point. You yeah. Know, we're we're called to be like God and yeah. live after you know live after him so that requires training it's your like flesh I, to it's fight like it. have i saved lives already <laughs> yes but like you still go to the professional developments right. and like learn from you know other people and just just right. better your craft man right. better your craft um also in this verse uh you know training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled upright and godly lives in the present age mm-hmm in the present age which one means it's possible to do that and two means that this ancient wisdom recorded in this book is timeless which right. you know, really should be expected um if it comes from a god that exists outside of time as the god of the bible does um but like there's hope here right, right? like for people that think well you know if i just live you know a couple centuries ago before there was internet and or before right. there was like extremely strong drugs mm -hmm. you know then maybe you know just to you know throw two stereotypes out there then like maybe it'd be easier to live this christian life but no like it says in the present age so like right. whatever your present age happens to be a christian reading this in the 1500s right no no you're in your present age in the 1500s you're gonna be training how to live this now and yeah, things are going to change by the time you get to the 21st century. Yeah. But this ancient wisdom is still here to train you for how to live a righteous life in the 21st century. Which, in a lot of ways, will look exactly the same as the dude in the 1500s. And in a lot of ways, will look extremely different mm -hmm. from the dude in the 1500s. But the call is still the same. Yeah, the call is still the same. And that's another reason for doing a podcast like this is getting into that. Like, what is right. it? Like, how, how do we train to live in our present age? Right. Because um, a lot of our topics that we're looking at on our whiteboard to the left of us here, like, are really specific to the present age. Like, like just looking at what we got coming up, you know, like, institutional dependence and God's providence. I mean, that's just, you know, like, aren't social safety nets weren't aren't really a thing throughout human history. America's yeah. public education system, that's present. Yeah. Um, the Christian and medicine, that's present. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. other stuff is a bit more slightly timeless yeah. um parenting i mean their parents are going to exist all the time um gluttony legalism and discipline like that's that's going that's another timeless one um so i mean like christianity's got a timeless element to it hey you, yeah, you can go get yeah yeah, yeah. meredith stepping away for a second to go get uh amari he's he's waking up um, we don't i don't mind having him do his thing in the background it's cool um but continuing in titus right waiting for our blessed hope the appearing of the glory of our great god and savior jesus christ right like we are waiting on him and kind of exploring that tension of he's already purchased it all but the manifestation of everything isn't here yet the manifestation of a lot of it is here though so let's not downplay the stuff that's here um 
but yeah, like what does it what does it mean to wait, right? What does that look like practically? Um, we're definitely going to be talking about that in our episode on in our episode on the Mark of the Beast. That should be that should be. Fun. I'm plugging that one because people want to know about that one, bro. Like, <laughs> you have been asked a good bit about what even is that. Yeah, like it's, it's kind of wild, but again, this this whole different episode, you know. And I, yeah. and this first segment starting right out of time. Anyway, um, verse fourteen, speaking of Jesus Christ, our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for Himself a people for His own possession, who are zealous for good works. Yeah. And I think um, something that I love in Paul's letters that I've noticed over the last couple of years is just how every time he gives us a call for a certain way of living, he points it back to because Jesus did it. Not because necessarily he said so, because yes, but he did it, you know, like we're called to live self-controlled, upright, godly, you know, godly lives to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions because Jesus did it. And that's the call. Right. You know? And we're called to be like him. It's like, it's like, do I want to be zealous for good works because it saves me? No, but because that's my assignment. Right. Right. Like, like Ephesians, he made us new in himself right. to walk in the good works that he's predestined for his kids to, to walk in. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's like, it's, it's not even about like, you can't walk in works predestined for you unless you were already saved. Right. right. Like that's a, that's an outflow of salvation even. Um, so yeah, it's not for salvation. It's just because the these two interrelated reasons of because this sort of a lifestyle is literally what I was recreated to do. It's right. what I was reborn to do. Like it's a di- yeah, it's a direct correlation to the end of Matthew with the Great Commission. Yeah, like you're called to make disciples because he gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. That is the Great Commission. Like if I if I believe that I've been reborn with a new nature, which is the promise of new birth, right? That if you don't get any other miracle in your whole life you got at least one, and that is the fact that your nature switched. Your nature changed from sinner to saint. All right? And that's a, that's a world-shattering enough miracle that that honestly should satisfy anyone that's actually received it. Yeah. You know? Like, I'm over 10 years into this walk, and I'm still wild at, like, dude, like, I'm, I'm not who I was when I first came. Like, when, yeah. when I... Like when God first made me a new person, it was like, oh yeah, I know I'm new. You know, I still got a bit of old stuff that I'm lugging around, but in the pith of who I am, I'm I'm different. And there's a there's like like a spiritual cognitive dissonance that occurs within me whenever you know I go through seasons where I'm not living according to this new nature. It doesn't feel natural, you know. And yeah, that's because it's it's not it's not natural anymore. Um. And like I said, verse 15, declare these things. Yeah. It's all well and good to have all of this stuff, but Don't, we do have to yeah, tell people about it. It's not just through your actions alone. It's through your words. I mean, I mean, because it's impossible to get the fullness of the gospel message through just your actions. Right. It's like, be real, man. Is someone really supposed to just intuit the fact that God uh, became a man 
you know, second person of the Trinity became a man, Jesus, lived 33 years, died on a cross, resurrected three days later, and is supposed to get all of the theology as far as repent and trust in Jesus, repent and call on the name of the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved. An unbeliever is supposed to get all of those specifics from just the fact that you've got a family that's not immediately, obviously crazy from the fact that you go to church somewhat regularly or even perfectly regularly from actions observed yeah. and we're supposed to get all those specifics like come on man yeah come on now sure they might pique interest and in questions but again a question usually gets an answer in the form of words, words. <laughs> so like there's 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 not a way to preach the gospel without using a language yeah Right? right like i've heard stories of people tapping morse code through walls to preach the gospel but that's still a language yeah people don't get it from watching you know yeah. like your life lived is the equivalent of natural revelation in romans one hmm. should be enough to get people to realize that there is a god beyond that though they need a preacher yeah beyond that they need a preacher man hmm I don't have. I wasn't saying that. All right. Well, I mean, that's that's what we got as far as far as why we do this, man. Like that's that's the gospel. That's what we walk through. Um, that's what we're gonna walk through on this show. Um, got a little bit of a got a little bit of an intermission here. Um, when we get back, um, for the back half of this episode, we're gonna be talking about. <laughs> oh man, we're gonna get into it, ain't we? Uh, the foreign nature of the kingdom, Christian nationalism, um, and the capital riot from a couple of years ago um yeah you know i mean we look man look we we gotta hook people in okay <laughs> like you know what i'm saying like like we can have our episode on parenting bro but like bro like people ain't gonna want to watch that unless they know we're gonna get into some crazy all right we're gonna get into it yep. okay so like we'll be back be back in a minute man <laughs> Hebrews 13 and 3 states, Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you also are in the body. As members of the body of Christ, we gotta care about what's going on to our mistreated brothers and sisters across the world. And living as insulated as we do and wrapped up in our own personal lives, it can be a challenge uh, to remember, to remember our brothers and sisters across the globe. So to that end, foreign saints podcast we'd like to periodically take some time to remember what goes on so here's a story with prayer requests out of china in march 2021 the rain reformed church in guiang china was raided by agents of the religious affairs bureau together with public security officers during the raid 10 church members were taken into custody the church leader, Elder Zhang Chunlei, attempted to negotiate with the police. However, after doing so, he himself became detained. Elder Zhang remained in detention without charge for 19 months until his trial finally began on 29 November. He was charged with fraud and inciting subversion of state power. For reasons unknown, the trial was held in secret under very strict security. His wife, Yang Ai King, applied to attend the trial but was denied. She was also not allowed to see him after the trial concluded, which is normally allowed. Members of the church who waited outside the entrance of the courthouse during the trial were removed by security personnel. 
Reports indicate that despite his time in prison, Elder Zhang appears healthy. During the six-hour trial, the church leader denied all allegations of fraud and subversion, explaining that the purpose of his ministry work is for the sake of the gospel. The verdict was not announced during the trial, and at last report, is still unknown. Pray for a positive outcome for Elder Zhang, specifically asking that he be exonerated of all accusations. Pray too for his loved ones. Remember the other members of the Rainai Church who continue to be harassed by the authorities and pray for everyone who's suffering for their faith across China. May they receive greatly needed encouragement, comfort, and strength so they can persevere and serve as effective witnesses. And if you want resources to be able to keep track of what's been going on with persecuted Christians across the globe, we would strongly recommend uh, signing up for the Voice of the Martyrs free magazine subscription. Uh, you get one every month and they keep you in touch with prayer requests and moving stories um, of Christians that have suffered for their faith. Hopefully it encourages us to keep pushing forward boldly and lovingly in our culture that is increasingly getting to that point. Back to the show. Welcome back uh, from the break. Uh, just a good meditation on some of the stuff that doesn't happen at our neck of the woods that we should be thinking about. Uh, but back to what we were talking about. Um, just a continuation and why we do this and also kind of a transition into our other topic for today. Um, for me personally, um, perhaps the biggest impetus for what moved me to start looking for avenues to you know to utilize uh, the internet to have conversations like this really was uh, the Capitol riot um, a few years ago um, because for me anyway I remember distinctly uh, what I was thinking and feeling at the time um, I remember for the couple of years leading up to that, we'd had, you know, like the BLM riots and a bunch of unrest yeah. in the nation. And a lot of it was kind of dumped at the feet of anyone with a shade of blue. Yeah. Um, for better or for worse, that's kind of the atmosphere I was getting beforehand. And then the Capitol riots happened and I felt like for a brief moment the briefest of moments it didn't last long but for a brief moment there was a pause and there was a realization that oh that same energy that burned down minneapolis exists on the red side of the mm. aisle too mm. and that realization was there and i feel like a lot of people are gonna you know deny that yeah. But I remember vividly, I think it was there for at least a week, might be a stretch, maybe two days. <laughs> yeah, probably two days. Probably two days before Law & Order people started remaking right. narratives and saying, well, it was really a bunch of Antifa and all this other mm -hmm. stuff. Not that they might not have been there, right? but initially right. we were like, oh. Dang. Dang. So when those fundamentalists Ooh. said everyone's a sinner, they meant it. Yeah. Because on a world stage, we saw 
the left and the right at their worst. Yeah. And they both <laughs> end in destruction. Yeah. And then we retreated back into our camps and started excusing stuff. Like the same people that were saying, oh, you know, riots are never mm -hmm. okay and they're never justified. All of a sudden we're justifying one. Right. Or trying to rewrite the definition of what a riot is to excuse that mm -hmm. one away. Right, because the red is the Christian color. Right, and so whatever the red does has to be right. Right. By definition. Um... You know, and and I remember I, I forget the I forget the lady's name, but there was a there was a young woman there that lost her life, um, and all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, she kind of made the rounds on social media after her passing for a bit, um, and we're still to this day uh, feeling the ramifications of what went down on that day, and all the stuff that led to what went down on that day going down. Right. You know, uh, we're we're still feeling and dealing with that. And one of those things that I think I think we ought to have dealt with but still really haven't is the fact that like both parties in that two year stretch between the BLM riots and the Capitol insurrection really showed their colors. Like true colors. Like neither side is really for Christ. Yeah. They'll co op pieces of them. Well, co-op elements of him, but they're not really for him. Um, and I've got more to say on that, but Meredith, what was kind of your your thoughts <laughs> um, on that season of American existence? I I'm not gonna lie. I remember seeing the headline for the first time on my phone and being like, "Oh, it's like April Fool's Day." Wait, no, it's January. Wait, no, no, no. I mean, I know they're zealous. For this guy. And I know there's passion there. But no way. There can't be. You know? Like. Oh, it, it can always get worse. It can always get worse. And it was one of those I remember like throughout the day. Like following the story being like it can't get worse. Oh my gosh. They've taken the building. What? Oh my gosh. Yep. They didn't take the building. They were let into the building. They were let oh in. Gosh, they were welcomed with open arms, man. They gave um, a they gave a prayer. And this is me as a black oh, man was shook. I remember my that, dad. I remember, I remember, I remember yeah. my dad asked me about. He was oh. like, hey, have you seen? And he doesn't usually yeah. ask me about. Have yeah. you seen stuff on that, social media? But that prayer in the like in our sanctum place or whatever, you know, yeah. God shed your white light across yeah. this nation. Look, man. Ugh. Look. I remember watching that and I wanted to throw up. I was like, there is no way. There is no way. And people are going to say, see, mm -hmm. they've wanted a theocracy all this time. Mm-hmm. This whole thing about freedom, you know, about the separation of church and state thing is really a mask. This is what they really desire. And for some people, they're wrong. But for a lot of people, that's a that's not a totally inaccurate diagnosis yeah. of the problem. Um, and so one of the things that I definitely hope to do um, through this podcast is to start to, like, open your eyes and train just kind of work on training ourselves and how to see the deception 
on the right. Yeah. Because I don't think I don't think anybody that would be anywhere near inclined to listen to content like this I've said this for forever. I don't think anyone that would listen to people like us voluntarily need help recognizing that mm, abortion is wrong mm -hmm. or things of that nature. So wait, if red is I don't think not all that great, does that mean that blue is where we're at? Like, I mean, people are people are gonna <laughs> think that. People are definitely gonna think There's that. There's definitely been and, the and accusation of that, and that's and that's part of the partly because of the skin color, but we won't get into that today. <laughs> um, you know, if you're black, you gotta be blue. You know, mm -hmm. if you're white, I guess you gotta be red. You mm -hmm. know, like I mean, whatever, man. Mm -hmm. Um, but nah, like that. But that's part of it, right? Is like mm -hmm. that 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 insistence on. A binary, right? And when, right, like I yeah. remember just yeah. recently, just recently, there's this, uh, there's this Democratic uh, governor chick person, politician. Out, out, sure, <laughs> sure. Politician. Pro I don't remember if she's in the Senate or in the House. That's what's tripped me up. Like she's either in the safe. Senate or the House. Think the Senate, but like very recently, within the last few weeks from this recording, moving backwards. Um, she like she changed her party affiliation from democrat to not republican but independent 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 mm -hmm. yeah um which isn't really like you look at her history of how she like voted or whatever she was always kind of a swing vote mm -hmm. so coming out as independent wasn't ever really a shock to anyone there but the accusations are already coming in of, well, the only reason you would become an independent is so that you don't have to worry about beating any Democratic people in the primaries because you're technically not in their party anymore. Like, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. like, like, like people that identify as not blue or red are always thrown like ulterior. I'm not. And maybe that's part of the strategy. Maybe it is for her. It's just something I noticed when I looked at the headline I was like, dang, like you can't be an independent without people yeah. assuming ulterior motives yeah. on your behalf. Like if you're a Republican, people take that. They might hate you for it, but they won't question it. If you're a Democrat, people might hate you for it, but they won't question it. If you're an independent, it's like, what are you? Yeah. Are you I, a sleeper cell? What are you, what are you right. doing? And I feel like that just goes with, like you said, how, I mean, voting is binary, essentially. It's red or blue, you know? I remember, like, we were talking the other day about this, like, my first election. Everybody in my circle was like, well, if you're pro-life, you have to vote red. I remember, like just being so convicted i was like both red and blue are not good choices but i want to vote different, for, for very, different, different very reasons. very different reasons like like blue feels weird because the main line blue candidates yeah are usually pretty out and about right about yeah sure killing babies is totally a good thing it's a woman's for, right for women i'm like well that's that's pretty obviously untrue. Yeah. But then, when it comes to some folks on the right, some, not all, mm -hmm. but some of them, it's like, okay, but, like, you tell me that you're pro-life, but, like, what are you doing? And more importantly for me is, like, the way that you're even campaigning about it. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're campaigning off of fear instead of hope, and I'm not the biggest fan of that you know yeah. like i don't think you i don't think 
the only way to drum up support for it is fear. I don't even think that's like the most lasting way to do it. But then, as I've kind of noticed in recently, is the Republican Party's ease mm -hmm. with which uh, they're willing to accept uh, homosexuality is morally okay. Mm -hmm. Like, we can talk about the institution of marriage another the time. And all that. That, right, that's like a tangential issue, but if they're just asked, hey, what do you think about it as a thing? Mm -hmm. Not as a legal, just as a thing, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like, well, if y'all are the Christian part of the answer, it's pretty obvious, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's a sin. And you can have as much fun and weird times trying to dress that answer up as much as you want. I'll keep the bar real low, you know? I'll even let you disguise it. But if that's what you said, that's what you said. But a lot of these cats are like, no, nah, I, I don't see a problem with it. And as a matter of fact, it actually fits within the Republican ideal of government don't tell me what to do. Yeah. And kind of does. Yeah. It kind of does, actually. You know? And it's like I'm seeing that slide more and more. I'm like, dude, I remember, like, you know, about a decade ago, like, they were incensed. And I'm like, I know why, because they had to play to their base. And I don't know if it was because they were incensed, but because they knew that the people that voted for them would be, so they had to be. Yeah. You know? But I think with with all of that, though, is just, I think something for me that's just been, I don't know what word, interesting, I guess, to kind of see unfold is the justification of Christians to align themselves with a public figure, whether red or blue, more boldly than they would for Christ in their circles, you know? And that's always blown my mind. And, you know, when it, every election, whenever somebody's asking me, you know, like, who am I voting for? I refuse to give an answer because I don't want people to look at me and align me with anybody besides Jesus. I understand, you know, when you vote your public, you know, they say, you know, you can keep your opinions private at the dinner table or on family gatherings, right? But your your voting record is public history or public record, I mean. I, mean, you know? I don't know anyone that's looking that up. Exactly. I'm like, I don't really feel like anybody's that petty <laughs> that I know anyways. I don't even know but, how I would find it. Yeah. That's another, <clears throat> that's another thing. I don't care to I don't care to, to yeah but with that it's just I feel like especially since you know I mean I'll say it the Trump and Clinton my first election like that that I feel like since then it has become like politics have always been polarizing you can ask any older generation I understand that but oh, I yeah. feel like Re since, read, some, read some newspaper articles yeah. from the first like four or five elections right. in America the rhetoric was still yeah it's if still, you vote this way the country's right. destroyed exactly like, you know <laughs> And I just feel like, especially so in our culture, especially so in the church and the culture within the church, right? We have become extremely polarized, you know, like the Democrats, you know, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. you can never, like, they're never any good. And it's like, no, actually, I feel like there are some things, you know, some things just are. like there are some things and, you know, the Republican side that I just cannot get behind. See, but here's, but here's the part here, like even underneath that, mm. right? is the fact that, like, I'm not even mad if someone disagrees and says, no, I don't see anything weird. I don't see anything good about them. Okay, we can have that conversation, right? Mm. My issue is, like, the reticence mm. that happens in people when you say that. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, I'm now, okay, you said they're not all bad. 
and yet something happens in our minds where we equate that statement with I'm 100% in support of all the sinful things that they push mm -hmm. in their agendas. And I'm like, I mean, and even if it was a mistake like that, I might be able to move past it. But I feel like it's not even that. I feel mm -hmm. like it's just sanctified tribalism mm -hmm. is what I feel like. Like, I don't even think it's as straightforward as what I just said in yeah. a lot of people's minds sometimes, you know? And for those that it is, there's just not enough grace to understand, like, hey, like, we're part of the same body. Like, I've got more in common with you than I do people in my same party. I've got more in common with the Chinese guy mm -hmm. I was talking about in the intermission than yeah. I do my unsaved compatriot next door. Yeah. Like, literally, you have more in common with that guy, though you've never met. Right. You just take the time to think biblically about it. Right. You know, and it's... Assuming you're a Christian, obviously. Right, yeah. But, assuming you're a Christian. And with that, assuming you're a Christian for... You know, like going into every, you know, election cycle, whenever somebody says something along the lines of like, you're wasting your vote if you don't vote pro-life. And in my mind, and like I've been, I, that, that always rattles me because in my mind, I'm like, what should matter to me more morally? My waste of a vote as an American or my reputation and witness as a Christian? Yeah, like when people say like, you wasted your vote not voting pro-life for example yeah. right pro-life or fill in the blank let's, issue well i mean let's use pro-life because yeah. it's so obviously a christian topic yeah. right that like we vibe with yeah you know what i'm saying yeah. like so let's so let's like have fun with that apparent contradiction for like two minutes yeah. right um so uh, ask him what do you mean what do you mean wasted a vote well by not voting you've like helped out the other side and it's like okay let me run this past you, right? Let me just ask you a question, right? Let's say that this person who didn't vote pro-life, and when I say didn't vote pro-life, I don't mean voted pro-choice. Mm -hmm. I just mean didn't vote. Mm -hmm. Period. We can get to actively yeah. voting pro-choice in a second, but I just mean didn't participate in an election, right? Let's say that this person actively prays and ministers to one or two single moms not like a hundred just like one maybe two mm -hmm. single moms that have been kind of on the fence about abortion and yeah. you know maybe just just gave them some some words of encouragement and hooked them up with a crisis pregnancy center or or a church ministry that does similar work mm -hmm. to one right and let's compare that right. to the christian that has done none of that but has only cast <laughs> a vote yeah. only right right i'm just curious because all of us have a choice. Now, I understand you might say, well, ideally, I'd like to do both. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah. But for the sake <laughs> of this conversation, right. right, which one would you rather be? Yeah. And I think we all know, and I think there's a logic to saying, well, I'd rather just be doing boots on the ground, if anything. Right. Right? Because it's like boots on the ground is kind of a vote anyway, because yeah. the impact is still going to be had. Yeah. Right. Like, and of course the impact of a vote is still felt as well, but I think for the kingdom, you're doing more. And I think that's what we really got to look at it for, right? Because a lot of the times we're judging whether or not the Christian action was right based off of, okay, well, mm. how does this affect 
America. And it's like, okay, well, if that's the rubric we're using, then I guess I'm a terror. Like, I'll just say, like, I'm, I'm a <laughs> terrible I'm a, citizen. I'm a terrible Christian. Yeah. If my Christianity is measured right. by the betterment of the nation that the Christian is in, there's a lot of people that are currently worshiping before the throne that you'd have to yank. Yeah. Because their Christianity wasn't deemed useful to the state. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't. Know. Yeah, and I don't see that in scripture. And, that's, and is that how we judge yeah. our Christianity? Like, am I a good Christian if, you know, if, if, uh, if President Trump or Biden says, you know, thank you for your vote? Like, is that where it's at? And this podcast isn't primarily politics, but I'm not going to act like it wasn't a political situation that instigated the creation of this. I don't, I don't mind talking about it. And if you're going to say God is lord of all if you're gonna say jesus is lord of all then are you saying that politics is bigger than god if you're gonna say that we can't talk about politics like if it's under his feet it's under your feet and yeah. if it's under our feet then the saints can discuss it yeah and that's kind of how that's kind of how i feel about that um and that's kind of nice segue into again really what is the point of this podcast is showing that the kingdom is the kingdom of christ is foreign to any and all world systems and beliefs and is superior to them all yeah you know and a lot of implications abound from that and we're gonna have fun getting into those implications uh with each episode but as far as this goes just kind of just to kind of prove the point here um we got some scripture yeah so let's have some fun yeah uh so when i think of you know how we're called to be foreign and set apart i think my brain immediately goes to colossians um chapter three i've been in and out of colossians for probably two years now at this probably, point <laughs> yeah. god just keeps bringing me back to this book um whether in my quiet time or leading groups or just you and i talking i don't know colossians has just been heavy in my walk the last couple years but I think chapter three, especially, and I'll just kind of um, skip through that chapter, um, starts off with, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So like, just straight off the bat, like, if you're in Christ, you should not be seeking anything that's below him. You know, nothing of this world, red, blue, whatever vote, like your vote doesn't matter before the, the throne. You know, you should be seeking where Christ is. Is Like, is it <laughs> sin to chase lesser than Christ? Yes. But I want to kind of add a concept, right, about why that's the case, right? And quite mm -hmm. simply, because you were made for better. You were yeah. remade in Christ for better than the tiny kingdoms that we chase and try to build down here like we're created to flourish man yeah. and like the height of flourishing is found in kingdom ethics based on the free gift of salvation in christ to all the people within that kingdom like any chasing after anything less than that is just it's, it's not flourishing to the max yeah so why go after it right you know, and Paul gives, you know, a very straightforward list of things that were to put off and things that were to put on. You know, there's no 
way to kind of beat around the bush, which I love about this book. It's very straightforward. And, you know, he talks about things that you should be taking off, right? So put off your old ways, such as like anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, you know, and, you know, just going off of this conversation we're having about, um, about politics now, just, it's... And in, and in my opinion, <laughs> I feel like the people that have sold, I feel like the people that have sold the yeah. kingdom ethics for a bowl of mm -hmm. red, white, and blue yeah. stew, right? Check that obscene talk yeah. one, bro. Yeah. Like, like ones like that are oftentimes seen as minuscule and not that mm -hmm. important because we're comparing them to we're just the passionate evil. about. Yeah, we're comparing yeah. them to the evil of the Democrats or excusing yeah. it because of passion, even right. though, as you actually told me, mm -hmm. um, Paul actually yeah. rebukes unrestrained passion. Yeah. In this very letter. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, it continues with seeing that you've put off the old self with its practices, you know, and I think it's such a crazy concept, especially where we live in the South, you know, there's, you see the Trump flags flying everywhere and the Confederate flags flying everywhere, you know, like you said, the red, white, and blue stew is, is consumed everywhere <laughs> on every street corner where we're at. And, you know, it's, it's such a crazy concept to some, but you can be saved from a political idol, you know, and you think to yourself, why would I need to be saved for something that's just so morally, like they're saving babies. What are you talking about? They're signing the things that are saving America. And it's- Forget the saving babies. We're just America. Just America, you know? <laughs> and it's like, God can save you from that idol, man. <laughs> you need to put off the things that like, here's align what, yourself with whatever doesn't align you with Christ. Like here's something that's wild, right? Like if you were taught manifest destiny, like the mm. concept of it from like mm. back in the day yep. growing up. Like I had not, I don't recall the textbook, even a decent one portraying manifest destiny as what it really is. Mm. Right. Conquest. Mm. Yeah. Like that's, that's what it is. It's, it's really, it's no different than mm -hmm. like any other empire that's ever like conquested throughout history. Yeah. It's like, okay. We get a little cramped with the land we got, and we say we want more land. And so to justify the fact that the land we want isn't empty, we just say, well, God wants us to take it. You know? I'm like, 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 like seriously, like, like, read through. Like, read up on the histories of some of the nations that oppressed Israel in the Old Testament. Mm. You know? Just so, just so we're mm -hmm. both agreed that these are nations that are evil, yeah, right? Because they're in the Bible as such, right? Yeah. And it's like they all had their own form of manifest destiny, right? Like Alexander the Great's nation was the third beast in Daniel's beast visions, mm. and like read the history on that guy. Like he really believed it was like on him to, you know. To conquer all that because of his own greatness yeah right and it's like it was the same thing with america man like why should we spread all the way to the pacific ocean well because god just put his finger on us we're just that dude yeah. you know yeah like don't you see god's god, moving yeah, god and working through us you know and so a little trail of tears eh, you know yeah, it's fine slaughters it's fine it's fine you know <laughs> like enslaving a whole race of people you know, like, and I think the reason that the conversations get sticky 
about it is because people are still trying to have their Christianity mixed in mm. with the kingdom of America at the same like for me like I just live here like that <laughs> yeah. like that was like you like look at Paul and yeah. throughout the New Testament especially Acts like his his thought process towards Rome was like I just live here yeah but if using some of the rights afforded to me as a Roman citizen lets me preach the gospel, the more than you best believe I'm going to play that trap card, my guy. <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, and I think, too, it's it's something to be said. Like, you can have, like, kind of a stance of what we're, what we're kind of getting at, right? Of, I'm not going to align myself with one color because I want to align myself with Christ more, right? You can say all that and also say, I don't hate this country. It's yeah. kind of nice to be able to have the freedoms that we do. Yeah. You know, but I think a concern that, you know, you and I talk about ad nauseum at this point is just how many of the people that claim Christ in this country, would they still claim Christ if they weren't in it? Because they confuse the freedom of being an American with freedom in Christ, because um, like we've, you know, another podcast that we listen to explain it so well, after a while, when you sing your hymns with, you know, the Pledge of Allegiance, it all kind of blurs together to be the same song. You know, and that that's what's so rattling, you know, to me, to us is is seeing that that confusion or just the staunch denial of once it's brought to their t attention. That's that's more of what's rattling, because like what we're seeing in Colossians, it's like they're refusing to take off slander and obscene talk. Yeah. You know, because that's a part. Can't. Yeah. It's just they're refusing to. Like, you got the grace to. Yeah. They're like, just. The, not. the rest of this chapter is a list of things that we're called to be putting on, you know, humility, meekness, patience, kindness, compassionate hearts, forgiveness, you know, and letting the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body and you be know? thankful. You know, you can be in the same body of Christ when there's different political alignments. You know, if you can't, you know, raise your hands in worship at on a Sunday Next to somebody who doesn't align politically with you, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. yeah you know? That's, that's, that's weird energy. It is. You know? Um, yeah. Podcast, he was talking about Southside Rabbi. Go check yeah. it out. These yeah. dudes are freaking legit. Yeah. Um, and then, as far as uh, what I was thinking, um, like scripture I was bringing to the table, um, John chapter 18 um John chapter 18, I'm going to start in 33, um, but just picture the scene here, right? Because we're going to build off of this. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Political question. Yeah. Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord? Or did others say it to you about me? Again, Jesus flips the political to the spiritual. Pilate yeah. answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. Just tuck that in close. Yeah. That Jesus' own people, for political reasons, chuck them to the side, amongst other things. Um, what have you done? What have you done that's so bad that your own nation rejects you? Jesus answers, my kingdom is not of this world. Boom. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. If my kingdom were, and keep consider this verse in light of the capital right, bro. If my kingdom were of this world... My servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from the world. And if it's not from the world, then the world can't threaten it. Yep. Boom. Yep. Like, that's just what it is. So, 
if you think that the Capitol riot at in any level was necessary, then like you know what kingdom your heart is, yeah. is kind of attracted to. You yeah. know? Like Or not just necessary but justifiable. Yeah. Like he literally says Excusable. If like my servants would fight if it were here. Yeah. But it's not here, so they don't. Right. Because they don't have to. And because they're commanded not to, right? <laughs> like, that's how we're supposed to walk. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Again, getting distracted with the politicals again. Jesus just said, I have a kingdom that's not of this world. And he's just like, so you have a geopolitical role in this earth? Tell me more. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, dude, I'm trying to talk about spirituality and you're stuck still in mm. geopolitics of the world, bro. Like you're staying too low. Yeah. Jesus answered, do you say that I'm a king? Which in Greek is stronger than the passive English can really render it. Mm. But it, it's, it's, a, it's a cheeky agreement. Like, yeah, and you just said it, kind of thing. Um, for this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I've come into the world, to bear witness to the truth, and everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Right? That's what it is. But his purpose is our purpose, right? Why was he born? Why did he come into the world? To bear witness to the truth. Why were you reborn in Christ? And why did God, in his foreknowledge, leave you in the world instead of beaming us all up, Scotty? So we, too, could bear witness to the truth. Yeah. Right? And the truth is that there is a kingdom, not of this world, that one day is going to come to invade this world and indeed already has begun to invade it. Yeah. We're 2,000 years deep. And we're not getting any weaker unless we start fighting for nations that aren't ours yeah. um and added inverse um from paul where we're kind of gonna land the plane on this episode anyway <laughs> um first thessalonians talk about a book i don't hear quoted too often just yeah, really? sort of first thessalonians right chapter two we're gonna start in verse 14 as paul can you know kind of commending giving congratulations um to the gentile church to the non-jewish church in thessalonica that's important for you brothers became imitators of the churches of god in christ jesus that are in judea right so what's he saying hey you non-jewish christians are kind of imitating the jewish churches that are in judea in a good way mm. right what does he mean by that does he mean that they're becoming jews no, he means a very specific way of imitation, right? For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, hmm. who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displease God and oppose all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved. So as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. All right, so what's Paul saying, right? He's saying, hey, Gentile churches, congrats, all right? Because in this way, you resemble the faithful Jewish churches in Judea, right? Jesus, kingdom out of this world, 
rejected by his own people, right? The Jews that decided to sign up with Jesus, you know, the apostles and the like, and all of their people that came along with them, likewise rejected by the Jews. You can read about that in the book of Acts, mm -hmm. right? What about the Gentiles, right? Because we're kind of under this delusion sometimes that we can read in our New Testament about all of these people getting rejected and having <laughs> zero socio-political power and yet be under the delusion that the only way that we can spread the gospel is if we have what they didn't have. Right. And it's like, okay, well, how's that looking for us? Probably the opposite of the results they got. Yeah. You know? But what Paul is saying is, hey, you Gentile churches, right? And... You know, remember what Gentile means. It's just non-Jewish, right? So you Roman Christians, when you signed on with Jesus, Rome kicked y'all out of the popular club too, yeah. right? Hey, you Italian cohort brethren, mm -hmm. right? When you guys signed on with Jesus, right? Italy kicked you out the cool kids table too, yeah. right? And the pattern holds true everywhere. I'll even say England, right? What? England was Christian. <laughs> they had the Catholic Church. Right. Yes, they did have the Catholic Church. Read about it. Yeah. Right? The people that the Catholic Church tended to burn yeah. were us. Yeah. Right? The, the cats that were truly the secession to the apostles. Right? The actual um, secessors. Not through the laying on of hands, but by mm. receiving the same Christ that they preached and preaching the same gospel. Right? But I bring that up to say, like, it's a pattern, right? If Jewish Christians were rejected by Jews, and if Greek Christians were rejected by Greeks, and if Italian Christians are rejected by native Italians, and if Japanese Christians are rejected by Japanese, then I guess American Christians will just be accepted by other <laughs> Americans. I guess that's just the point. Freedom of religion, man. You know, they'll be voted in to all the popular offices and they'll just be able to convince everyone with no pain and get all the gain it'll be a real weird anomaly in christian history i know? think too it's the that energy kind of weirds me out because you know okay so say you make you succeed you make this a true american nation mm -hmm. then what what does that even mean? So, like, yeah, first and foremost, what does it mean? Second, let's say it means, you know, every citizen is a Bible-believing Christian. Okay. Then, then what? How do you uh, proselytize the other nations? Can you only do that as an American nation? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, like, what? what is the... Why is there such that such a goal to create america as a christian nation to be able to put a stamp on america and say oh we're christian now yeah what does that what does that do for us oh i could tell you what it does what does that do for us it lets us rest early mm. that's what it lets us do it's like dude like kingdoms come there is no proselytizing to all nations then you're i mean i, I guess yeah i suppose so so. But if your focus is just on creating your version of kingdom utopia down here, then, yeah. I mean... Now, does that mean you can't go witness to your American neighbor? No, of course not. You, you tell everybody about Jesus. But for the purpose of bringing the kingdom to America, not making America the kingdom. Yeah, like, that's that that's weird energy, right? Yeah. Because it also says in the text, right? Like... Who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets, right? They suffered the Jews when they were rejected by their fellow countrymen, right? 
Like, they were part of the ones that put Jesus up on the cross. Mm. Like, they're literally not on the team. Now, prayerfully, maybe God does a lot of miracles, and he did, and saved a lot of them, and converted them, as it says in Hebrews, transferred them from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of his beloved son. But it's two separate kingdoms, right? Like... How is it that you, a Christian, are working with people that are opposing all mankind by hindering you from speaking to the Gentiles that they might be saved, right? A lot of Republican circles are perfectly cool with you bringing your Judeo-Christian worldview value system to the table until that Judeo-Christian worldview value system bows its head to the king. Yep. Right? And it's like, okay, well, if you're upset at the king, then... I mean, really, it, it looks cool, but you're opposing mankind because you're hindering the only message that could actually save. Mm. You know, and so it's like, well, how could I possibly say that we're on the same team if we're not zealous for the same king? You know, like, like I just, you know, it's just one of those things, you know. Like, I'm not saying that some of these cats aren't saved. I don't mind using names, okay? But, like, and, and who knows? Maybe maybe dudes like Charlie Kirk are Christians, right? I'm just saying, from the content they put out, I don't see it. Yeah. You know? And it's like, I feel like they could still make a lot of their same points and keep Christ at the side. Like, I don't see how that's, like, an impossibility. I just don't ever see it. Yeah. You know? I never see it. I'm just saying, compare Charlie Kirk and Candace Owens to guys like Dr. Michael Brown and mm -hmm. see how your soul is fed differently Yeah, from people that operate in political spheres. Right. One of them is unabashedly for the king. The other two, it's debatable. Yeah. I'm not saying they're not. I'm just saying you don't know. Yeah. Not as much as you do with Michael Brown. Wears it on his sleeve. Mm. Why not wear Christ on your sleeve? Right considering the considerings in the bible right why not right. you know and so that's that's kind of what we're about man is just you know yeah. and, and we're not gonna be talking politics the no. time, bro. Like, <laughs> neither like, of us enjoy politics like, like that anyways like, you know what i'm saying like like next episode is probably gonna be market of beast and that's kind of sort of touching on a lot of this stuff but we're gonna be exegeting quite a bit yeah. um so i mean that's more scripture parenting that's not politics gluttony that's definitely not politics bro like we're we're, we're not gonna be getting into it right like we're we're trying to train how to live a righteous life in this present age in as many areas as we can touch yeah right politics is one place we just felt like let you know why we do it and yeah. this is kind of what, what led know, us kind, here. yeah it's kind of what led us here so yeah, yeah. um you got anything else i don't think so all right so i guess that's it that's it then that's it then man all right <laughs> hey man uh we gonna have other stuff up at the same time as this but hey keep checking back uh share the pod with anyone that you think would like it or anyone you think that needs it and until then man seven take us home yeah